From the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you as we share this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And I do pray you are having a blessed, happy, holy, and safe and calm November 5th, 2020. Beautiful day outside today. My goodness, I hope you're outside uh, enjoying this beautiful um weather for November. Can't beat it. And tomorrow and the weekend promises to be beautiful. So, uh, you know, the Lord reminds us he's in control. Jesus is Lord. We have nothing to fear. Uh, this has just been a crazy, crazy, crazy year. <laughs> and it's not over yet. But, uh, you know, I've been reflecting on the year because we're putting together our, our end of year newsletter that's going to be going out uh, to you this month. Um, just looking back, the year has gone by. It seems to have gone by very fast, but but in the course of going through this year, you know, there's been so many things that have happened that have been uh, confusing, disturbing, challenging, uh, frightening, even in some cases. But uh, we we thank the Lord for allowing us here at Domestic Church Media to retain a sense of normalcy because throughout the whole situation, whatever it was whether it was the pandemic or the shutdowns, the lockdowns, the election, all this other stuff, that we've been here for you by God's grace and been able to just retain that sense of normalcy, proclaiming the gospel and reminding us all that Jesus is our hope. And that's really all we need right now, right, or ever. So anyway, we're thankful for that. It is a Thursday already, Catechism Day. And uh, we're going to go to the catechism later on in the program. I also found um, from November 4th, 1998, so almost exactly 22 years ago, our Holy Father, St. Pope John Paul II, uh, gave a beautiful teaching in his general audience that day. Our bodies will share in the resurrection. You know, that's, I just got to remember all this. That no matter what we're going through right now, it will pass. It's passing. We're, we're just passing through in this world. And so we'll listen to the beautiful teaching from St. Pope John Paul II. Uh, let's first pray, though. And, of course, we are still praying for our country. We sent 4,998 of these cards out, uh, like scattering seeds of prayer out there to uh, anybody who requested them. This beautiful prayer for the United States of America uh, that was prayed at the dedication of the National Shrine uh, Basilica of the Immaculate Conception down in Washington, D.C. in 1959. And we're still praying for our country. Of course, uh, we don't have any final election results uh, for the presidential election, but my goodness, what we're seeing and hearing and reading about this election and the possibilities of um, fraud, illegal activity, um, whatever you want to call it. I don't care who you voted for. This should be disturbing to every American. 
that we're at this point. Um, and you know the, the the funny thing is, or the sad thing is, is that so many people saw this coming. Um, when when COVID began and and uh, the virus began and and people began to look ahead then to the fall and the election and people not voting in person but mail-in ballots and lack of verification in some cases and just one thing after another it, it, it's chaos and we know who the father of confusion and chaos is so but we also know as we said yesterday and as you know Jesus is lord and he's in control so we're just going to keep praying you know and and put this this is a trial for us as a country right now so we take these trials that we're going through, that we've been going through the entire year, but especially right now as we await the uh, final count, legitimate count of votes uh, that were cast, and give it to our Blessed Mother, place our country and this situation into her immaculate hands, and through her immaculate hands, she presents them to the Most Holy Trinity. So that's what this prayer is. We'll pray it with confidence. And we begin, my brothers and sisters, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme, eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our Mother, Patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And we'll pray the prayers that Holy Father Pope Francis asked us to pray with the specific intention to protect the church from the attacks of the devil, and we're going to add to that and have been adding to that intention to protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God, and not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen.
And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my brothers and sisters, I thank you so much for being here today and joining me for this hour. And uh, you're going to be noticing, those of you who listen on 1260 AM, our flagship station here at Domestic Church Media, uh, where our main facility is, where I sit right now, uh, out of which we broadcast, um, you're going to notice, thanks be to God, a much improved signal. Um, the new transmitter came uh, earlier this week. Uh, it was installed. And just because of the configuration with the tower array that we have and, and the the um, uh, um, pattern that, you know, it's, a, it's a, a, a directional signal, they're still working on that. So right now we're uh, broadcasting on the new transmitter uh, at half power, actually, about 2,500 watts. Um, we, the full power is, is uh, 50, I believe, 5,800 watts, almost 6,000 watts. But right now, we're only broadcasting at half power. But you, I'm sure even now, you know, because I notice that I, I live over in Bucks County, and, of course, this is the station that I listen to, uh, 1260. And from yesterday morning to today, I've noticed a much improved uh, reception. But it's going to get even better as we sing, the best is yet to come. Uh, it is. So we thank God for that. Uh, if you have been following this story with us, Back on June 3rd, when that Direco storm came through, uh, horrible. That was the, the, where, where there was um, horizontal rain and wind. And anyway, it, it just blew out our transmitter uh, that was 30 years old and completely uh, destroyed it. So since June, we've been operating on a backup transmitter at much lower power. Uh, it's been a trial, but. Um, you know, that's what insurance is for. We were finally able to get a claim uh, filled with our insurance company. The entire uh, uh, transmitter and all the stuff that goes with it and installation and everything was going to be about $42,000. But thanks be to God, insurance covered uh, a good part of that. We still have to pay on our own about 11000 of that. Um, so we're, I'm praying the Lord sends that my way. The transmitter is here and up and running. I haven't gotten the bill yet for the remaining 11000 but I'm sure I'll be getting it shortly. So I'm just praying the Lord uh, sends that $11,000 check our way so I can pay the bill. But anyway, you're going to be noticing, I'm told that by Monday of next week, we will be at full power on the 1260 AM transmitter. So especially those of you who are on the fringe areas, and we know we have many listeners up in central Bucks County, uh, up in central and northern Hunterdon counties, um, and even down into Burlington County, Northeast Philadelphia, uh, you're going to notice a very improved, strong 1260 AM signal. So if you have friends, family, uh, acquaintances in those areas, tell them starting on Monday, 1260 AM is back up loud and clear, and uh, we'll be able to reach even more people. So that's a great gift. You know, the, uh, the transmitter was blown out, as I said, by that storm back in June, and Christian was going through an insurance claims. Uh, they verified that it was an act of God. That's what they call it, an act of God, the Direco storm. 
Uh, that's what they call it from their end. I say, you're absolutely right. It is an act of God because we've got ourselves a brand new <laughs> transmitter that is going to greatly improve our signal. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, it was a little trying there for a while. We weren't sure how we were going to do that. But uh, even some of you came through then. You know, you started sending us uh, some donations toward that. So we thank you for that. Uh, just part of the year, part of the, the, the wonder of 2020, right? Um, but, of course, we are broadcasting on all four of our stations, uh, Cape May, uh, down on WSMJ, of course, our Hamilton station, WGYM on 1580 AM, our uh, blowtorch, as they say, the FM over in Freehold, WFJS FM 89.3. Um, and when we look at the entire coverage area of our just our terrestrial radio signal signals, um, we cover a massive area here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. We even go over a little bit into Toulouse, Delaware, and that part, you know, the, the signal from our Cape May station bounces across the Delaware Bay into Delaware. Um, maybe even gotten to a, a basement or two over there, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, we're, we're thrilled about that. But also, uh, you know, through all the technology that's at our disposal, we literally do go around the world. Um, and... Uh, you know, speaking of our AM station, which, as I said, will be going full power on this brand new transmitter starting on Monday. The issue, though, still exists that at sunset, we have to reduce power in down to 2,500 watts. That's just FCC regulations. So uh, those of you who are on those fringe areas and get a, a strong signal um, from sunrise to sunset, but at sunset, we do have to reduce power. And, uh, you know, this time of year is, is the worst time because the days are so short. But uh, anyway, we're, we're, just, we're just thanking Almighty God for the opportunities we have here at Domestic Church Media to proclaim truth. I think people are looking, they're starving, they're thirsting, they're hungering for truth in these days of confusion and, and, and pandemic and all the other things that we have had to bear this year. As I said earlier, I was praying about this and meditating on it, thanking Almighty God that we're able to, through all of this, proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ on these broadcasts. Of course, also coming to you a live video on the Domestic Church Media YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia, and you can watch this program. Uh, and then uh, our Facebook page also broadcasting live uh, video at Facebook facebook.com slash domestic church media and also on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org live video there as well there's so much more we want to do <laughs> and so my brothers and sisters keep praying for us you know we we are going to have our radiothon in December December 2nd 3rd and 4th that's just four weeks from now and we're going to reach out to you our family of listeners and viewers, and ask you please to open up your hearts and be generous to us during those four, three days of Radiothon. That's what we need. That's how we survive. That's how we are sustained. And we're going to come to you and cast the nets into the deep. Duke and Altum. We've been, by God's grace, for all of our family of listeners and viewers, a lighthouse during these days of darkness in 2020 to guide souls into the safe harbor of our faith. And we want to continue to do that in 2021. 
So I'm asking you, please, please, please pray about that. December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, that's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday in the first week of December in Advent. Uh, Bruce uh, DeBacco and I and Cheryl will be here, and we're going to come to you and just ask you please to support us. And, you know, a beautiful thing that we have right now, because as we prepared for the Radiothon back in the spring before the pandemic, uh, in the, the winter, we did reach out to many of our benefactors and were able to get pledges uh, of support of matching gifts um, that we have pledges for from these wonderful, generous uh, brothers and sisters uh, uh, to the tune of $56,000 in matching gifts. And what that means is that when we have our Radiothon, the first $56,000 raised will be matched dollar for dollar because we have those pledges of, of matching gift support. So think about that. If you are, uh, when we get into the Radiothon, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, the first $56,000 that we're able to raise will be matched dollar for dollar. So if you make a gift of uh, $100, during the Radiothon, it'll be matched $100. So it'll be a $200 gift. If you make a, a gift of $1,000 during the Radiothon, it'll be matched dollar for dollar. It'll be a gift of $2,000 all the way up to the first $56,000. Maybe there's someone out there who says, you know what? During the Radiothon, my financial advisor said to me, I need to make a, 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 a substantial charitable donation. I'm going to pick Domestic Church Media. Here's a, here's a check for $25,000. It'll be matched dollar for dollar. It'll become $50,000 right away if you're within that first 56000 So pray about that. You know, I don't like talking money. <laughs> I really don't. But I have to put it out there. We didn't have the Radiothon in the spring. It really put us in a financial bind over these many months because we count on that money from the Radiothon. Uh, 40 to 45% of our annual operating budget comes from our Radiothon. In the spring, we didn't have it in the spring, so we didn't have those funds. So pray about that. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, as we go forward. But let's go to this. This is from um, 1998, 22 years ago, almost to the day. It was Wednesday, November 4th, which means it was the same uh, dates uh, and days corresponding as, as this year. Because yesterday was the 4th, right? And Wednesday. Anyway, this is almost exactly 22 years ago from St. Pope John Paul II, his general audience And he first began by quoting from Paul's letter to the Philippians, Our commonwealth is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will change our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power which enables him even to subject all things to himself. Well, John Paul II said, Just as the Holy Spirit transformed the body of Jesus Christ when the Father raised him from the dead, so the same Spirit will clothe our bodies with Christ's glory. I love that image. Our bodies are clothed with Christ's glory. St. Paul said, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his Spirit who dwells in you. And John Paul said, From the start, Christian faith is the resurrection of the flesh uh, in the resurrection of the flesh has encountered misunderstanding and opposition. The apostle experiences for this firsthand when he was proclaiming the gospel uh, in the middle uh, in, in Athens. 
When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, the Acts of the Apostles recount, some mocked, but others said, we will hear you again about this. John Paul said the difficulty here uh, has been raised in our times as well. Remember, this is 1998. On the one hand, even those who believe in some form of survival after death react skeptically to the truth of faith that clarifies this ultimate question of human existence in the light of Jesus Christ's resurrection. On the other hand, many have noted the fascination with a belief like reincarnation, which is rooted in the righteous, uh, I'm sorry, the religious soil of Eastern cultures, certain Eastern cultures. Christian revelation is not satisfied with a vague sense of survival, although it appreciates the imitation of immortality, the intimation of immortality expressed in the teaching of some great God seekers. We can also agree that the idea of reincarnation arose from an intense desire for immortality, from the perception that human life is the test in view of an ultimate end, as well as from the need for complete purification in order to attain communion with God. However, reincarnation does not ensure the unique individual identity of each human creature as the object of God's personal love, nor the integrity of human existence as incarnate spirit. But John Paul said, the witness of the New Testament emphasizes, first of all, the realism of the resurrection, corporal as well, of Jesus Christ. The apostles explicitly attest uh, to this when referring to their experience of the risen Lord's appearance. And then he quotes from Acts of the Apostles, uh, chapter 10, God raised him on the third day and made him manifest to us who were chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And then the Holy Father, quoting from John, said the fourth gospel also stresses this realism when, for example, it recounts the episode in which the apostle Thomas is invited by Jesus to put his finger in the mark of the nails and in his hand in the Lord's pierced side. And in the appearance uh, at the shore of the Sea of Tiberias, the risen Jesus took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. So that beautiful uh, episode that we read about in the Gospel, uh, John's Gospel, when our Lord basically made breakfast for the apostles there on on the shore. John Paul said, The realism of these appearances testifies that Jesus rose with his body and lives with his body at the Father's side. However, it is a glorious body that no longer is subject to the laws of space and time, transformed in the glory of the Father. In the risen Christ, we see revealed that eschatological state which all those who accept his redemption are one day called to reach, preceded by the Blessed Virgin, who, when the course of her earthly life was finished, was taken up body and soul into heavenly glory. Of course, Our Lady, herself being a creature, human person, um, at her transition from this life into the next, her death, she was assumed body and soul. Of course, she who was conceived without sin and committed no personal sin couldn't and wouldn't undergo the corruption of the body that those of us uh, who are who are uh, have the stain of original sin have uh, are sinners in this life. Our bodies will will when we when our soul leaves our body and our body will begin to decompose. 
that didn't happen, obviously, to our Blessed Mother. She was without sin. So the Lord assumed her into heaven, body and soul, now in a glorified state. John Paul said, referring to the account of creation in the book of Genesis and interpreting Jesus' resurrection as the new creation, the Apostle Paul thus says, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. In a mysterious but real way, all who believe in Christ share in his glorious reality through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Thus, in Christ, all will rise with the bodies which they now bear. That's from the Fourth Lateran Council. But this body of ours will be changed into a glorious body, into a spiritual body, John Paul teaches. When some ask Paul, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? He answers them in the first letter to the Corinthians using the image of the seed which dies in order to open into new life. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body which is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or some other grain. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in a physical body. It is raised in a spiritual body. For this perishable nature must be put on the imperishable, must put on the imperishable, and this mortal nature put on immortality. And, and this isn't just a guess, or this isn't just a supposition or a theory, my friends. This is a reality. This is our faith. Now, that's why I say, you know, we look around at all that we're going through this year, the confusion, the challenges, the death because of the virus and, and, and the fear. Um, life has changed in so many ways, hasn't it? But we know one thing is, uh, is steady. We know that, okay, so we'll get through this. We'll go through this life. We're living. But there will come a time when each of us will have to pass on to the next life. Every one of us. There's nobody exempt from that. And our faith teaches us that Christ came into this world, and you know, we're going to be soon celebrating the beautiful season of Advent, that great season of anticipation that prepares us both for remembering and celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ into this world 2,000 years ago, but also Advent prepares us for his great and glorious second coming. So in Advent, we, we remember why Christ came, and we also remember that he's coming back, and then everything in between is where we are right now, basically, right? Jesus came to save us from sin and death. Our souls that were infused in us at the moment of our conception are immortal. Our souls are bound by our, our uh, human flesh. Our souls are bound by our human bodies. I mean, how many of you think, I know, I, I feel I'll, I'll, be, I'll be 66 years old in, in, uh, in December. 
emotionally, mentally, spiritually, I don't feel like I'm 66 years old. I only feel like I'm 66 years old when my, my aching back is bothering me, when it's <laughs> I have to take a nap at 3 o'clock in the afternoon for a few minutes. Uh, you know, these things, that, that that's because the body is aging, but the soul never ages. The soul is ageless. The soul is immortal. And at the moment of our death, our soul is released from our body into God's presence. But God created us body and soul. So even though our soul leaves our body and our body remains here uh, to return to dust, our soul lives on because it is immortal. But because God created us as human beings, body and soul, there will come a time on the last day when our bodies, our mortal bodies that have long been buried and decomposed and turned to dust will be recreated by Almighty God and reunited with our souls, but will be in a glorified state as Jesus is now, as our Blessed Mother is now. We'll put on the glory of Christ. So all of this that we have to go through now Yes, it's disturbing, and because of the human condition, we, we, we're, we're worried, we're anxious, we're unsure, we're disappointed, whatever, our emotion, whatever is going on because of all that's been happening this year. One day it'll be a speck of a passing memory in the realm of eternity. We'll be in that glorified state rejoicing with the saints in heaven before the throne of God. That's how we bear what we bear in this life. That's how we... We survive. People of faith, they, they don't get dragged down by the world and the things and the ways of the world. People of faith can rise above that knowing that one day we shall be with God for all eternity and that all of this will, is going to pass and turn to dust and we won't have to even think twice about it. Okay, let me take a break. When I come back, uh, we're going to go to the Catechism on the teaching on heaven. I want to stay on the heavenly theme today and just talk about the glory that awaits us all. So stay where you are, my brothers and sisters. There's more to come on Come to Me. Listen to the wisdom of Father Benedict Groeschel weekday mornings at 9 a.m. right here where you are family. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. 
Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. In prayer, do not do all the talking. If you went into a doctor's office, you would not rattle off the symptoms and then rush out. How did you learn to speak the English language? You learned to speak by listening, did you not? How does a scientist learn the laws of nature? By imposing laws upon nature? No, he sits down passively before nature and says to nature, Now you reveal to me your secrets. So we are not constantly to be yapping in prayer. Sacred scripture says, Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. We often change that. And we say, Listen, Lord, thy servant speaketh. In prayer, therefore, we must not only speak, we must also listen. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we've got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. From Ewing to Union Beach. Sargentville to Spring Lake. Percocet to Point Pleasant Beach. Heightstown to Humeville. Eatontown to Englishtown. Pine Beach to Penn Valley. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Well, welcome back, everybody, on this beautiful... November 5th, 2020, although I I don't have uh, um, windows here in the studio, but I assume by now it's almost sunset, so (laughs) that's the tough thing about this time of year, November, December, January, the sun goes down much too early, and uh, I I think I heard one time that the farmers used to like just um, go to sleep when the sun went down. (laughs) Imagine going to sleep at five o'clock in the afternoon. Until the next morning when the sun comes up. I don't know. 
Anyway, I'm happy you're here, and uh, we thank God for this time together. And, um, you know, as I said, we're going to be sending out our newsletter, our end-of-year newsletter, our Grazia little news uh, item, uh, share some uh, some of the news with you. And uh, in that newsletter will be an uh, opportunity for you to write down your prayer requests and send it back to us. And we put them, I'd love to pray for you throughout the Advent and Christmas season here in our little chapel. Um you know, there's so much that we are grateful and thankful to Almighty God for in all that we've been asked to do here at Domestic Church Media. And one of the great joys, I know when, when he comes on um, the first Monday and the uh, and third Monday of each month when Bruce Tobacco comes to host Come to the Throne, where he prays for you over the air, we get such wonderful response to that. People, you know, we are we are a people of prayer. And, you know, it gives me great joy that I, I'm able to come over here at the radio station, which really is like our second home, uh, you know, because we live, I said, only about 20 minutes away, but I, I, because of all the work that needs to be done, I'm, I'm pretty much here seven days a week. But I love it uh, because I can go spend any time I want with Jesus, who's right here in the building with us in our beautiful little chapel of the Holy Family. And uh, I do pray for all of you and all of your intentions and thank God for you and, and the gift of you, all that you do for us, all that you've done for us. Uh, we are a family, and we don't take that lightly when we say that. We really mean that. We are a family, and we've come to know so many of you over these uh, many years. You know, I've shared with you, this is my 25th year of Catholic broadcasting. It was 25 years ago, 1995, <laughs> uh, late November. Late November, that a friend of mine who was hosting uh, a daily radio program down on uh, WTMR in Camden, New Jersey, a very large station, AM station down there, and he was buying time. Uh, and every day at 3 o'clock had a program that was dedicated to the Divine Mercy. And it was before even um, John Paul canonized St. Faustina. And the, the devotion was still there, but really coming to the fore um, but he would host this beautiful program uh, uh, that he would pray the chaplet at three o'clock and then just basically do it, what I do now. I kind of, he was kind of my model, I think, in many ways. But he, he called me on a Sunday night, late November, and he said, I can't do my program, uh, whatever day it was that week. He said, Would you be interested in hosting it for me? I said, oh, I've never done Catholic radio. I did radio in college. You know, I did uh, programs there. I never did Catholic radio. But sure, why not? And at the time, I was still working in my secular job. Uh, so I'd have to leave my job a little early that day and head on down to Camden and do the program. And I remember I brought my Bible, my catechism, uh, so many writings by John Paul too, who was our Holy Father at the time. And... Uh, at 3 o'clock, we prayed the chaplet, and then I just began to reflect on something John Paul had written. And it was, I knew then that the Lord was calling me into that direction. Um, and uh, that was 25 years ago. And it just, and I have, you know, I have him in my basement of my house, because then shortly after that, he had to leave permanently. He moved out of the area, and he, he asked me to take over the program for him. So I was both working in my secular job, and then I couldn't do it live, obviously, because I had to work. But I would record the program at night, and I'd go up into this. We had a little little room up in our in our home at the time, 
and I'd wait till the kids were all asleep because I, I told the Lord I would do this, but I wouldn't take time away from my children. I wanted to be there for them, you know, spend as much time with them as possible in the evenings after work. So they'd go to bed, then I'd go upstairs and record uh, one or two of these programs on cassette tape. <laughs> Remember cassette tapes? And send it down to the radio station, and they would air it. Um, it's been a wonderful journey, you know, it really has. And uh, as I sit in this building so many years later and see all that the Lord has blessed us with, the abundance of blessings that we have received, and, and, and through you, our, our family of listeners and viewers, who have become, for so many, we've come to know you, true family, uh, with the mission to just continue to proclaim the joy of the gospel, get the gospel message out to as many people as possible. And we're going to continue to grow. I, I, I believe it. I, I feel it. There's more we have to do through not just radio, but other media as well. You know, when we first began this apostolate back in, in uh, 2003, and, and we were discussing what should we call the apostolate, and I told my, my little board of directors that I had there, I said, domestic church media. They said, why not domestic church radio? I said, because it's got to be more than just radio. It can't just be radio. It's got to be media, all kinds of media. And so here we are. So we thank God. For that. I thank God for you, my friends. You know, we, we, can't, we can't do this without you. So I, I want to thank all of you who regularly support us, regularly send your donations in, those of you, of course, who, who are monthly donors. Um, and again, pray with us and pray that we'll, we're going to have the, the best Radiothon yet in December, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Um, I think last year, I have to go back and look, I think it was $168,000 that we raised. When I saw my friend Dave Vacheres, who heads a, an apostolate similar to, similar to this out in the Midwest, um, they had their share a couple weeks ago, and they raised $250,000. If they can do that in Indiana or Ohio, wherever he is, we can do it here in Jersey and Pennsylvania, right? Oh, that would be such a big help to us. But we'll put that in God's hands. I'll ask you to pray for it, uh, pray for us, and, and we'll see where we go at that point. But it's November 2nd, 3rd, I'm sorry, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Mark your calendar. Uh, to participate with us during the Radiothon. All right, so we were talking about heaven, John Paul II. And I, it is Thursday, so let's just c- cover a little bit of what the Catechism teaches about that, just kind of to kind of round it out a little bit. Um, I love going to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, this beautiful gift that was given to us by the Church in 1993 at the um, request of John Paul II, who was the first new Catechism in 400 years. And uh, in paragraph 1023, the Catechism says this about heaven. Those who die in God's grace and friendship are perfectly purified and are perfectly purified, live forever with Christ. They are like God forever. They see him as he is face to face. The perfect life with the Most Holy Trinity, this communion of life, love with the Trinity, with the Virgin Mary, the angels, and all the blessed is called heaven. Heaven is the ultimate end and fulfillment of the deepest human longings, the state of supreme definitive happiness. To live in heaven is to be with Christ. The elect live in Christ, but they retain, or rather find, their true identity, their own name. For life is, uh, life is to be with Christ. Where Christ is, there is life, there is kingdom. 
I often think, you know, we we don't realize because St. Paul tells us that eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, nor has it even entered into the minds. And think about all the 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 people who have lived with superior intellect. <laughs> even they couldn't fathom what God has in store for those who love Him. What will heaven be like? You know, I. We're going to feel more alive in heaven than we ever felt here on earth because that will be the perfect life for which we were created with the most holy trinity, to be with Jesus. Jesus opened heaven to us, and the life of the blessed consists in the full and perfect possession of the fruits of the redemption accomplished by Jesus. He makes partners in his heavenly glorification those who have believed in him and remained faithful to him. Heaven will be heaven is the blessed community of all who are perfectly incorporated into Christ. This mystery of blessed communion with God and all who are in Christ is beyond all understanding and description. There are no words. You know, there are no words to describe this. Um We've heard a lot about, and again, you know, you have to take with a grain of salt, I guess, some of these near-death experiences, people who say they have seen heaven. I mean, Mother Angelica said she had one. I don't think she called it a near-death experience. Um, it was, I think, her maybe her, her second, the second mini-stroke that she had, where she, uh, you know, before she was completely uh, bedridden. But I remember her saying on her program after that, when she saw, she said, I saw the other side. I experienced the other side. And, you know, Mother had a a reputation of being a little short at times with uh, uh, people with whom she became impatient as it it regarded the true practice of the the faith and things and, and... she so she had her she had her her run-ins with even some cardinals <laughs> along the way but after that experience she said she learned don't let the little things get in the way here in this life it's not worth it we've heard other stories of people who have had those near death experiences where they go through the tunnel and they see the light and they see uh, relatives and friends who had passed on years before. And they experienced the surrounding, the state of being. You know, John Paul, uh, in one of his um, um, general audiences in 1999, I've shared them with you on a few occasions, where he taught about heaven, hell, and purgatory in three successive Wednesday uh, audiences. And he described each of those as a not a physical place, but rather a state of being. And of course, the secular press jumped all over him. You know, uh, Pope says heaven is not a place. Well, he did. He said it's it's not a physical place. We we you know we're we're here. But you look look at the the immensity uh, of of the universe, the vastness of the universe which is infinite. 
And here's this one little teeny tiny speck of a blue planet floating around a medium-sized star, small star that we call the sun. And on this little speck of a planet lives 7 billion people, each one a child of God, each one known by God and loved by God as if he or she were the only creature he made. As that's how much love there is for that one person. And here we are. You know, and you put it in that perspective, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> but it, it's such a, it's such a, you know, it's hard to grasp. So we develop this beautiful relationship with our God, our Lord, who came to save us from sin and death, to bring us home to that state of being that is heaven. That the mystery of this, as the Catechism said, the mystery of the blessed communion with God and all who are in Christ is beyond all understanding and description. We can't even imagine it. The Catechism says, Scripture speaks of it in images, light, life, peace, wedding feast, wine of the kingdom, the Father's house, the heavenly Jerusalem, paradise. No eye has seen nor ear has heard, no the heart of man ever conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. The Catechism says, but the because of his transcendence, God cannot be seen as he is unless he himself opens up his mystery to man's immediate contemplation and gives him the capacity for it. The church calls this contemplation of God and his heavenly glory the beatific vision. And in the glory of heaven, the blessed continue joyfully to fulfill God's will in relation to all other men, to all creation. Already they reign with Christ with him. They shall reign with him forever and ever. There's, so there's, from paragraph 1023 to 1029, six paragraphs in our catechism that, again, there are no words to describe what awaits us, but those that was getting on the topic of, of those who have said they had near-death experiences, they, 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 they uh, experienced the state of being that is heaven, and they have this magn- you know, marvelous description of what they saw, what they felt, who they saw. And every one of them who returned from that state of being or that realization, that, that, that experience, said they didn't want to leave it. For all that they had to come back to here, family, friends, loved ones, children, spouse. They didn't want to leave it. And I think that realization is too, you know, when you get there and you know that those who that you've left behind in this world will eventually be there as well, we pray. And there is no waiting there. You know, there's no time Think about that, you know, uh, uh, we, we lose a loved one in death. We call it death, physical death, but we know it's eternal birth into eternal life. That that loved one is in God's presence, in God's arms, in the state of being that we call heaven. And we have to wait 
We're bound by time and space. We have to wait to once again see that person, be with that person. But that soul in heaven, there is no waiting because there is no time. That's Again, we have to try to think of what our, our, our meek and weak <laughs> mortal minds can, can, you know, very limited. But if heaven is outside of time and space, there's no waiting in heaven for us to get there. We're the ones who have to wait because we're bound by time. This has been a, a year of waiting, hasn't it? We, we, know, what, we know what waiting is like <laughs> this year. When is it all going to be over? The wearing of the masks, the social distancing, all those things. You know, not that we, you know, we got to do what you got to do, but my goodness. Now we're waiting to find out who the next president's going to be. I don't get that personally. <laughs> I just don't, you know, every year we have elections. Why are we waiting so long now? I don't know. But again, all of this, Really, it, it, in, the, in the realm of, of eternity, in the scheme of things, we're going to leave this world one day. We're going to get out of here and hopefully be with God for all eternity if we choose to be so. And what awaits us, as the Catechism says, as John Paul taught, it's, it's beyond human words. We can't even we we can't even describe it. That's why it's it, there have been so many terms for it, you know, so many names for it. But we're going to see God as He truly is, face to face. This wonderful triune God, whom we've come to know and love and serve in this life, we will see our God face to face as He truly is. We'll experience that final and eternal love for which we've been living. Why are we here? Why do we do what we do? Why why do we live the way we live? Because we want to be able to be with God for, for all eternity. Jesus came to show us the way to the Father's house. Jesus came to open the gates of heaven for us. And even in all this turmoil that we find ourselves experiencing right now, all the difficulties, all the challenges, all the trials, all the disappointments, all that we have to go through now. We know that we'll pass through it because we are passing through this world. Think of this as part of the journey, you know. We can think about our journey on this earth, and there have been many wonderful times that we've had, right? Right? Think about all those great times we've had with family and friends, the life experiences, the joy that we've experienced at the birth of a child or grandchild or a wedding or falling in love, whatever, all those, all those wonderful experiences that we have here in this life. We also have had times of difficulty, challenge, sadness, mourning, sickness. But it's all part of this journey of faith all part of our ongoing conversion, all part of our walking the way Christ has taught us to walk to the door of the Father's house. So that when we make that transition, when our time comes, and it's going to come, to leave this world, to see God face to face as he truly is, 
we pray that we will hear those beautiful words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master's house. That's what all this is about. That's why we can bear what we're being asked to bear this year. That's why we can bear what we're being asked to bear right now. That's why even in our own suffering, whether it be emotional, physical, spiritual, you know, our faith teaches to unite that with Christ and offer it up on this journey toward that eternal communion with Christ that great and glorious day that will last forever. You know, John Paul used to refer to um, uh, Easter as the, uh, I'm sorry, um, I want to make sure I get it right. I don't want to mess up a John Paul quote. Um, uh, Heaven as the eternal Easter, as the eternal Sunday. You know, we think of Sundays growing up I do anyway, and what a special, different day of the week that was. I don't know if it is that way anymore. It was when, when I was growing up. You know, we ate dinner at a different time, midday. We had we had uh, visitors. We'd have company. Uh, you know, we'd we'd have special. T- My dad was home. He wasn't working uh, on Sundays. You know, and so we're all together. We did special things. And and John Paul referred to heaven as that eternal Sunday, that eternal Easter, which lasts a joy. Uh, uh, for for eternity, and that's what we're that's what we're going through this now for. We're, we're going through this as part of life, so that we one day can be led into the kingdom by Christ Himself. That's what this is all about. All right, I got to go tomorrow. Hey, Friday we have oh the Purgatory Lady is here tomorrow. Susan Tassoni will join Shirley me and Father Wade Menezes. So a great lineup tomorrow. Um, some music and talk and all kinds of stuff. Come back at four o'clock for that. It's also First Friday, so that means Bishop is here at 3 o'clock, uh, Bill and George at 6, and uh, Father DeLacy at 7, with Chris Cheryl and I between 4 and 6. So anyway, come back tomorrow. Stay tuned now, though, for a Cresta in the Afternoon. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. <laughs>